In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. May I add my welcome to all that are here this day, especially those who may be visiting with us. We're reminded that we're all guests in the house of God. Also welcome those who may be joining us by streaming or by delayed broadcast this morning. Thank you to our musicians for that beautiful rendition of Gabriel's message this morning. And thankful for the beautiful flowers in uh, honor and celebration of Richard and Sandra Coon's 60th wedding anniversary in a, in a week and a half. Thank you for those beautiful flowers, and we celebrate with you your milestone. During Advent, we're considering how the stories leading up to the birth of Jesus involved angels that all was seen in the eyes of angels. But more than just simply acknowledging the presence of the angels, also we're trying to spend a little time wondering about these events from their perspective, at least a little. What does it mean that they were present and active? What were they doing? What were they thinking? Today we hear Gabriel's annunciation to Mary and Mary's humble acceptance. C.S. Lewis once wrote that the Annunciation is the grand miracle because every other miracle prepares for this or exhibits this or results from this event, he wrote. The very thing the whole story has been about, the Incarnation. Last week, Gabriel, the messenger of God who stands in the presence of God, came to Zechariah and told him that he and his wife Elizabeth in their old age would conceive and have a child that he was to be called John and that he would be a forerunner to the Messiah. In today's account, six months now have passed and Gabriel is sent again, this time by God, to Nazareth. It should not pass unnoticed that God is active in the affairs of the people. 
In a time when Herod, a non-Jewish tyrannical ruler who served the Romans and himself, when the people were burdened with tyranny, they were burdened with occupation by a foreign power and heavy taxation, nonetheless heaven was active. God had heard God's people. And though they didn't yet know it, God was acting to fulfill a promise that he had made. And in God's timing, it was now coming to fruition to a people. In darkness, a light was going to shine, Isaiah had foretold. Friends, God does not forget God's promises. And God hears the cry of the people. People of faith live in constant hope. Whether it be in a world of Caesars and Herods, or be it in a world of terror and violence and bigotry and division, we live by faith that God's light will continue to shine in the darkness. And we, like Mary, must be willing to receive the word to be incarnate in us. And that as the church, we might be the flesh of the word of God today. Gabriel was sent by God to a virgin betrothed to Joseph of the house of David, Luke tells us. It's important to note that Joseph, as well as Mary, were from the house of David. Luke thinks it's important for us to know that. Herod was not from the house of David, and he was very paranoid because of it. People expected the Davidic kingship to be restored by God. After all, God had promised it. And to this, Gabriel arrives. What might he have been thinking? The late pastor, theologian, and writer Frederick Buechner once imagined the encounter of Gabriel and Mary. And he wrote this. Mary struck the angel Gabriel as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child. But he had been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named and who he was to be and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. And as he said it, he hoped that she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings that he himself was trembling with fear. To think that the whole future of creation now hung on the answer of a girl. Perhaps Gabriel was thinking, what if Mary says no? No, thank you. The plan of heaven was at risk. If the throne of David was to be restored according to the prophecy, at this time in history, Joseph and Mary were the ones. I like that image of a trembling Gabriel. Just what might Gabriel have been thinking? 
Do not be afraid, Mary, he said. You found favor with God. One thing we can learn for sure is that those who find favor with God have nothing to fear. Even if the world looks down on you. As Paul said in Romans 8.31, if the Lord be for us, who could be against us? And though she is a young virgin, yet shall she be the mother of the Lord. And though she will have little wealth in her lifetime, she will be the richest woman who ever lived. For she had found favor with God. Is there a higher ideal for any of us to strive? You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, Gabriel said. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now the promise that Mary hears here at first is that her son is to receive David's throne. It's not at first glance simply a theological proclamation. Rather, it's a political proclamation. This is a game of thrones. Herod's not going to reign forever. Jesus will restore the Davidic line. And the fullness of understanding that God's very presence was to reside in flesh in her womb, that she would carry and give birth to God's presence in the world. The world still, this very day, continues to grasp and try to gather in its mind the fullness of what that means. That God became human. Now you can go to the bookstore, you can go to Amazon, you can watch many programs that suggest that the church over time made a God out of this man, Jesus. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Rather, the message of the church from the very beginning was that God had become human. Had Isaiah not foretold, unto us a child is born, unto us a son of give, is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Listen, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How could a child be called Counselor, Everlasting Father, or Mighty God? unless God himself comes upon humanity. It seems not to astonish Mary. She asked, how shall this be? She didn't ask like Zechariah did last week, how can I know this? Rather, she asks with an assumption that it's going to happen. She's simply wanting the details. She wanted to understand her part in the mission. She declares her pure status as a virgin. What's the next step? She's asking marriage. She simply wants to know. Her question comes from faith. And so Gabriel said the power 
of the Most High will overshadow you. Now Mary begins to find out the rest of the story. The word in Greek that's translated overshadow, the word that, that we hear Gabriel saying to Mary, the Holy Spirit will overshadow, elsewhere in Scripture was a word that referred to the protective presence of God in the tabernacle or at other divine manifestations. For instance, in Psalm 91, it says, The Lord will overshadow you with his pinions. You will find refuge under the Lord's wings. Gabriel had already said that Mary was going to conceive in the womb. Gabriel now uses that term overshadow to emphasize to Mary that this pregnancy will be a miracle. God's involved. There's both supernatural and natural. An act of God in the human order of things. Because the Son of God must be divine, and the Son of God must also be human, truly incarnate. Not a contradiction, but a fullness of both God and humanity. God was coming in power to save, and God was coming in weakness to be accepted. Listen, and in that incarnation, all things were new. Salvation was coming to Israel, not by an overthrow of Herod, not by a revolt against Rome, but because Mary said yes to Gabriel's message. And still today, still today, the world is changed every time a person says yes to Jesus Christ being born anew in their heart. You want to change the world? Make sure your heart is right with Jesus Christ. See to it that your children know the Lord. Because the Lord living in and through a person that's the very thing that changes the world. And the Lord being incarnate through the church can certainly declare that it is not in violence, it is not in hatred, it is not in power, it is not in division, it is not in sin. It is in love and mercy and compassion and praise, humility and faith that Christ is welcomed and will reside. And so Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and Mary conceived, not by any other way, but by the Word of God. What was Mary's answer? Let it be to me according to thy word. And likewise, Gabriel encouraged Mary that Elizabeth, her kinswoman, had conceived in her old age and closed with these words, for no word from God will ever fail. John's Gospel itself opens with these words reminding us in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and goes on to say and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The virgin birth happened in this or the virgin conception happened in the same way 
as the creation of the world by God's word. And I'm sure Gabriel was thinking, why should anyone be amazed at this? After all, Gabriel was there when it all happened at the creation of the world. To paraphrase a great commentator, Matthew Henry, no word of God, no word of God should ever be incredible to us as long as we believe that there is no work impossible to God. Gabriel had been present years earlier when God promised that David's throne would be forever. Gabriel and the angels existed when God promised a covenant with Abraham to be a blessing to the world. Now God would demonstrate that he had not forgotten that promise. And in the Magnificat that we read together this morning, Mary demonstrated that she too remembered when she declared, He's come to the help of his servant Israel. For he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. God remembered. Mary remembered. Memory is so important. Those who have ever had loved ones who can no longer remember know the heartbreak that it causes. But sadder still, I think, is a people who willingly forget the goodness of the Lord, who forget the promises of God. To love God is to remember. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus would say. We remember God to remember who we are. We remember Christ's incarnation to be encouraged in our walk in the way. We remember the angel Gabriel's message to remember that God heard his people's cry. We remember Mary's faith to encourage our own. We remember in hopes that others will remember as well. And if the manger symbolizes a sacred place to Christians because it's where Jesus lay, how much is Mary a treasured person in the history of the world for being the place where Jesus entered human existence. How much should Mary's example inspire us to humility and faith and purity and trust? Hence, Elizabeth would eventually proclaim, blessed are you among women. And so Gabriel departed from Mary, having completed the task he'd been sent to accomplish. And he returned to the presence of God, perhaps to give an account, perhaps to receive new instructions, perhaps absolutely amazed at the plan that was unfolding. Amazed because the Lord had once trusted the first man and woman, only to see them fall because of their sin. Perhaps amazed that Mary would be like a new Eve, bearing the child of salvation for a world that God was giving a new covenant, a new beginning. Perhaps amazed that just as Mary had faith in God, 
What do you know? God was having faith in Mary. And it all happened in the eyes of an angel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final hymn is to a maid engaged to Joseph on 215. We'll sing the first and the last stanzas. I invite you to stand as we sing. word of benediction. May the love, mercy, and grace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.